Hello, we begin here in Genesis chapter 13. We will talk about the patriarchal history. Um, this is a book of faith. And here you see the Abraham's separation from Lot. And in beginning in Genesis chapter 13, verse 1, it says, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Now, to recap in chapter 12 of Genesis, that Abraham <clears throat> was going down to, God had called Abraham out of Haran, and Abraham was going towards from Haran to Canaan. As he was going, he met a famine, and here he took everything. He went down to Egypt. He left God's calling and he went down to Egypt and before he was about to go to Egypt, he, he told a lie. He told his wife that if the Egyptians see him, that he's to pretend and say that he is Sarai's sister, but Sarai was Abraham's, Abraham's wife. And when he got there, the king of Egypt took Sarai, his wife, and Abraham, because Abraham claimed that Sarai was his sister, but God had to come and rescue Abraham. And the king of Egypt, when he found out, after God had plagued the entire household of Pharaoh, found out that Sarai was not Abraham's sister after all, that he was his wife. And then he, he, he let them go and actually thrust them out. But he gave them all goods and everything that he gave them, manservants, cattle, and everything. But in this package, we're going to look at everything that this king of Egypt gave Abram. But here you see, this is where it begins. Now Abram is taking his family out of Egypt. And it begins here in chapter 1. It says, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, and he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him, into the south. Now he took all his family and all that he had, and also he took a lot of them, his riches that he got from Egypt. And as it is told, it says in Genesis 12, 16, it says, And he entreated, speaking of the, about Pharaoh, he entreated Abram well for her sake. Now, it was for Sarah's sake. And he had sheep and ox, and he asses and men servants and maid servants, and she asses and camels. Now, this is the rich riches that Abraham got out of Egypt. And Lot is also mentioned here, and he says, and he took Lot with him. Now, Lot is mentioned here in such a way to highlighting that he was with Abram. And emphasis is made that Abram took Lot, and who was supposed to be a tag along with Abraham in this faith walk, because Abram began walking in Haran. And it says that when Haran, Abraham left Haran, he took Lot with him. And the scripture made emphasis that he had Abraham 
you know, he had Lot with him all the time. And we'll see in this whether God approved of this. But here you see that Lot was a tag along with Abraham in, in his faith walk. Because when God called him, he called him, he said, leave all your families, everybody out, and including Lot. But Abraham took Lot with him. And we're going to see how all this unfolds. But here in verse 2, he says, And Abraham was very rich in cattle and in silver and in gold. See, he was very rich. And most prosperity gospel teaching always alluded to this passage. And they say that Abraham was rich. So they had to be rich. Their pastors had to be rich. But Abraham here was worldly rich here alone he was just worldly rich and not in god yet because now he's he's just starting the journey with god and in according to romans you know four verses two it says that it says for if abraham were justified by works he had wherefore to glory but not before god you know god is the one that justify our works and our walk in the belief in the faith. So Abraham had all the all the money he had in at this point of time, but he still has not, you know, been justified, and God has not uh, sanctified him yet because he's still a what do you call a new believer here. He's just gotten out of his father's house at this point of time, and he's just taking the walk of faith. So, when people say that God, uh, Abraham, was rich in cattle, and they're pointing to this scripture, basically, they, they just um, mis, you know, misinterpreting the scripture here, because, yes, he, he got out of Egypt, he went to Egypt, which is not God's will to begin with, he went down to Egypt, and he was given riches by the king of um, Egypt. But this was not God's ordained plan for Abraham. But even in that, he was rich. And he says that he was, you know, in verse 3, it says, And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Now he says, unto the place where his tent has been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Now, he went to Bethel after he left Egypt. And Bethel here is the house of God. It means the house of God. And this is the place he pitched his tent before Egypt's journey. Remember, he, he was going towards from, started off from Haran. Well, the entire family left Ur of the Chaldeas and went down to Haran. From there, Abraham's father Terah died and God called him out of it. And he went from Shechem, from Haran to Shechem. And then from Shechem, he went down to uh, Bethel. And here in Bethel, he met uh, a famine. While he was on his way to Canaan, he met the famine, he went down to Egypt. From Egypt, he got up 
And now he's coming to this place where he met God and this is where he built an altar when he met God first. Well, when God um, called him, so he came here and in other words, his journey was um, interpreted, um, interrupted, excuse me, was interrupted. And then now he comes back here when he, when he first began the journey. And in other words, before he went down to the world, you know, this is Bethel. And between the Bethel and Ahai, this is where he pitched his altar. This, this is where he pitched his tent before. And then he made an altar here. And now he comes back to this place. He says, where his tent had been in the beginning. And he says, between, um, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. See, he had made altar there at the first. And he made an altar there, and then the famine came, and then he went down to Egypt. But now he says, and there Abraham, called on the name of the Lord. So now he comes back to this place where he had made an altar and now he now call upon the name of the Lord. And this showcases that he is now back into the direct will of God. And permissible, there's a direct will of God and it is permissible will of God and permissible permissible will was him going south to Egypt. But here he comes, finally comes back to where God has called him. And this is the journey that he was walking with God, the faith walk journey. And here he calls upon the name of the Lord. And the, here you see Abraham's uh, righteous heart towards God. And this man is has a heart towards God. And as noted in Genesis 4, verses 26, in, in this, in the, of, again, I mentioned before that people begin to call upon the name of, of the Lord, meaning that man in the right place with God, man in whose heart is turned and in tune with God. Because back in those times, God saw that all the hearts of people are wicked but here God produces a, a line of Seth and he says in the line of Seth it became the remnant line it says in the line of Seth in, in Genesis 4 verses 26 he says and to Seth to him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos then he said here he said then began man to call upon the name of the Lord you say, oh, man began to call upon the name of the Lord because back then you have the line of Cain where people were turning away from God. Nobody is looking towards God. But God produces this line, you know, went back to Adam and Eve and produces the line of Seth. And here it says, through Seth line, Man began to call upon the name of the Lord. And through the line of Seth, you have Enos, Noah, and Abraham. Well, Abraham here, but now you see him 
you see a righteous heart towards God. Here he's building an altar and calling upon the name of the Lord. And in verse 5 it says, And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Now Lot also got rich himself. He went down to Egypt with Abram and he enriched himself. And now here you see the problem, the clash of riches right now. And it says in verse 6, it says, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And again, I said a lot, he took a lot of riches from Egypt. And again, this was mostly because of Sarah's beauty. The king of Pharaoh gave it because of Sarah. And now you have the clashes of the riches between the two men, Abram and Lot. And well, Abram's people and Lot's people. And it's funny that money is always the root of evil. When people have too much substances, you know, nothing separates close relationships like money. And you see it here that these two men got riches and now there's a clash between them and then in verse 7 it says and there was a strife between the herdmen of abram's cattle and the herdmen of lot's cattle and the canaanites and the perizzites dwell there in the land now it brings strife and here you see that the canaanites and the perizzites were in the land before uh before abram they were in the land. These were natives in the land. And God is going to give this land to Abraham. So his attention is mentioned here. And that this is the native land of the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Where before Abraham came in. So in verse 8. And it says that Abraham said unto Lot. Let there be no strife, I say thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Now, Abraham is going to suffer loss here. He's going to suffer loss to avoid strife. And he tells about the character of Abraham here. You know, Abraham is a, a great man of character. And we as believers are also to mimic Abraham, you know, and to suffer loss because Abraham suffered loss here in in um, in this verse but also in 1 Corinthians 6 7 you know it says now therefore there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law with one another why do you not take wrong why do you not rather suffer yourself to be defrauded you know, as, as believers, we are to suffer loss and not repay evil for evil. In other words, we are not to get payback. We are not to uh, pay back or, or anything else. Moreover, in Proverbs 20, verse 22, it says, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. You know, we are to wait upon the Lord. For Lord is the one who recompenses and God does his best. 
when we turn over everything to him and we give everything to him, he does his best. And we will later see the results later. The choice Lot had made. Because here you see Lot is the one that's going to make the first choice. And Abraham is going to be the one who's going to take the loss of it. So in verse 9, it says, It's not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right. If thou wilt depart to the right hand, I will go to the left. And we're going to see this city right now because now these two men are going to go into diverted path. Abraham and Lot. And we're going to see where Lot picked versus where, where Abraham picked. And Lot is going to pick a, a plane. He's going to pick a plane and with a city. And this city is Sodom and Gomorrah. As we're going to see here in verse 10, he says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt that cometh unto Zohar. Now, Abraham, you know, Abraham dwelt, Abraham told Lot, dwell where you please. I want you to dwell where you please and you have to choose the land. You have to choose the land where you are going to go. And I will take the loss of it. And here you see that is who Abraham was. Abraham took the loss and he took the low road. And then here you see Sodom and Gomorrah. This man, Lot, is going to cast his eyes on Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says that it was welled watered it was well well watered means that sodom and gomorrah was a very beautiful place and it even compared it to like the garden of the lord like eden because he says as the garden of the lord you know this is a beautiful place and in verse 11 it says then lot chose him in all plain of jordan and lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from another you see lot chose this nice plain of jordan and he took the best part of it he took the best of all the things he thought in his mind that this was the best place this was the best land and in verse 12 it says and abraham dwelt in the land of canaan now canaan is probably another not attractive place it's not an attractive place like where Lot just picked. And Lot picked this beautiful place and then he left Abraham with Canaan. And Abraham took, excuse me, Abraham took the, um, Abraham took this land in Canaan. And he says, Lot dwell in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. Now, Abraham dwell in Canaan and Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom and this reveals the heart of Lot right here because this is a sin of covetousness he loved the nice things he loved the beautiful places and here he's attractive uh, he's attracted to this city you know this city is drawing him because he feels like this is a beautiful place 
and he will eventually lose everything and Lot is going to suffer a great deal of loss and this this place although as beautiful as it is and it is well watered and Sodom and Gomorrah but again we're going to see how this city is going to look like in the inside but here this is what happened to Lot's uh, selfish choice because you want to see what's going on is for one thing his selfish choice led him to a lot of troubles and you will see in genesis 14 verses 12 he was there captured he was captured when he went to sodom he was captured and he lost all his goods as it says here it says in genesis 14 12 it says and they took lot abram's brother's son who dwell in Sodom and his goods and departed. And second, the sin of the people in, in Sodom vexed his soul. Now he tore apart his, his soul. He was grieved every day as told in 2 Peter 2 verses 8. He says, For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their lawful with their unlawful deeds now every day lot was in that place he was tormented by the sin of sodom he was being ripped up apart because he couldn't stand the um, depravity of that that evil in that city you know it's very wicked and they are these people were very corrupt sexual immorality was the, the order of the day and then in third you know Later, God destroyed the city and all the plains that Lot had chosen. Because in Genesis 19, verses 17 and 24, it says, And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, and he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay down in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Now he ran up to the mountain and he escaped. Also in verse 24, it says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the, from the Lord out of heaven. And finally, in Genesis 19:29, Lot was saved by Abraham's intercession. And it, came, it says that it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, and he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. God remembered Abraham. No, he didn't say that God remembered Lot, because God, this, um, he, Abraham, Abraham was praying, and he was interceding for Lot. So God remembered Abraham. And here, Lot lost half of his family, including his wife. He lost, almost lost his life, and but God saved him, barely. So this is the choice that he chose, and, you know. But so we continue here in verse thirteen as we moving on. It says, "But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly." Now here is the reality of Sodom. Sodom, the people there were wicked, and they were sinners. And although the place looked attractive on the outside, but then it was it was a corrupted city. It was corrupted in the inside, and there are many things that can sometimes 
look attractive on the outside, but corrupt in the inside. And we, we can see that in many things, in many places we go. We can see that in many people. There are people who look attractive, but they, they are full corrupt on the inside or places or any places we can go that, you know, or even endeavors that might look promising. But again, when we start to figure out what's, in, what's inside of it, we see that it's so corrupt. But here he says in verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that lot was separated from him. Again, the Lord said to Abraham, After that lot was separated from him. It says, Lift up thy eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee i will give it and to thy seed forever and i will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall thy seed also be numbered you know see the lord finally speaks after lot was separated from abram now the lord finally comes to Abraham and he said, lift up your eyes now. You see, now lift up your eyes. See, God will wait sometimes until we leave all the baggages behind. Because now this man has been tagging along with Abraham for a very long time now. <clears throat> they have gone through many places and here they had a strife and finally he left they went into different diverted paths but now god now speaking now to abraham he says you know giving him a vision now after lot has left because lot was a hindrance to abraham's vision and there are some people who are can be hindrance to god's vision towards you you know, until God will wait until you leave that person or that uh, neg negativity behind. So here, God sees as soon as Abraham, as soon as Lot left Abraham, God now gave him a vision. He says, uh, you know, lift up your eyes. Now he gives him a promise. He says, from the dust of the earth. Your seed will be great. He said, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. In other words, this is the promise of the multiplying and the land that he's going to give Abraham. Uh, this is the, the multiplying of his seed. This is how multitude his seed is going to be. Now, God called Abraham. He called out a nation. He, just, he didn't call one person. He called a nation. Now, he's showing him the vision now he's giving him that as the dust of the earth. Now that's what you are going to be. Now God is going to tell him about the land. He says in verse 13, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Now he told him to walk through, walk, walk uh, the land. And now the land is going to be uh, the, the land of the nation of Israel and it has not yet existed yet and they are to inherit that land and they are to multiply see they are to inherit the land occupy the land but also multiply but here's two problem here abram 
is a stranger in the land. How can he's going to take, a, you know, how, how is this land is going to become his? And second, you know, they say that you are going to, your seed is going to multiply. Say that your seed will multiply. But again, in Abraham's condition, he's a stranger. And also his wife, Sarai, is barren. So this does not look like something promising or doesn't look, you know, it looks so impossible right now because he has, he in his sight, he cannot see anything because he's a stranger and his wife is barren. And, but God, the thing about God is that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. God wants us to walk by faith and just believe on his promises. And when God promises things that seem impossible, we are to only walk by faith. That's the only thing we have. We can only walk by faith. And there was no map given here. There was no blueprint. There was no compass for Abraham. There was nothing concrete that Abraham could see at this point. Only thing he had is to walk by faith. And then in verse um, 18, he says, And Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the land, uh, excuse me, came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron. And he built an altar unto the Lord. You see, he removed the tent. And this is a nomadic uh, mindset. Abram has an attitude of a nomad, you know, um, that's the attitude of him is to move from place to place and we are to move as christians we and believers we are to move from place to place because god is one that is always going to call you in any any situation so this abraham was able to be utilized by god because here god is moving him from place to place and now he came to the uh, plain of mamre Mamre, and here in Hebron, and out of Bethel, you know, he comes from this place, and he built an altar. Now, this is the second altar that he built. He built the one in Bethel, but now he comes over here in Hebron, and he built an altar here, and this is a, a, a man of great faith, and now he's walking with God, He's getting vision from God after Lot has left. And now it's between Abram and God now. And here God, Abram built an altar for thanksgiving for God's promises. So we're going to continue on in verse 14. But until then, precious saints, God bless you. And we'll talk again. Bye-bye.